Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw. Today, I'm once again joined by DJ Zulo of Knicks Film School to continue discussing the biggest questions that will make or break the Knicks championship journey. What role will Mitchell Robinson play upon returning? Just how big of a piece is Bojan Bogdanovic and is Tom Thibodeau the man to figure it all out right now on Locked On Knicks? You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. I want to thank you for making LockedOn Knicks your first listen today and every day, because we're now available on all platforms. So you want to see our smiling faces day in and day out, you can tune in on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notifications button, ensure you never miss an episode there. And then if you definitively don't want to see our smiling faces day in and day out, uh, that's what podcasts are for, baby. Uh, be sure to hit that auto-download function to ensure you never miss an episode on that side of things. And then if you want to take our relationship to the next level, uh, please subscribe to our subtext. All you got to do is hit that button in the episode description, and uh, you'll be able to text with us about the New York Knicks to your heart's content. I'm Gavin Shaw, longtime play-by-play broadcaster. I've also been covering the NBA for about a decade. Uh, today, I'm joined by DJ Zulo, who is a fantastic uh, analyst uh, for Knicks Film School. Does plenty of film breakdowns for them, does plenty of podcast work for them. Um, if you missed part one yesterday, tune in. Really fun conversation on Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo and how they will shape the Knicks championship journey. Today, we get into questions surrounding Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Tom Thibodeau. For all that and more, tune in right now on Locked on Knicks. Another shooter. Yeah. There are pretty significant questions about is uh, is Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, I'm curious what, I mean, obviously we have a, we have a pretty small sample size, just the, the two games, but what, what you've thought about his play so far and if, if you think he's ultimately like someone like when i when i posted my my mock rotation on on twitter today or on, on x uh, i'll say that begrudgingly um, um someone referred to him as like oh i think he's gonna play the ob role in the postseason i'm like yeah you know what like that's that's not out of the question with mm-hmm. him but do you see him as a luxury piece or do you see him as like hey this is just flat out one of the most efficient scorers in basketball and if the knicks put the right lineups around him, which which we'll get into to close out the show, what that might look mm-hmm. like. Like he, he can be a super useful part of this team in, in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're to answer the first part, like the first two games, obviously like you mentioned small sample. Uh, I thought in the Houston game, there was the signs of like what he can do in terms of his diversity as a scorer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, I think he made one three, but it was more of like attacking closeouts. Uh, there was a couple like there was one play against Jabari Smith where he just like it was a nice straight ISO and he he gets like kind of close to the basket. But then he does a Luca deceleration. He's able to get the the shot over the top. Like he's just a really crafty um, score within the three point line. Like his three point shooting is obviously like he's a 40 percent shooter like every single year. That's a, a that's obviously like the biggest thing he's bringing to the table. But you watch like his tape in uh, Detroit over the past couple of years. I mean, they they would run offense through him, and a lot of what he he can do is inside the three point arc. He's a you know decent enough finisher, but he's a just a phenomenal shooter in that mid range area. It's a high release point. I, I think there's a lot you like about him in terms of postseason scoring because he has different. He's not just a spot up shooter where if you can run him off the line, 
like Quentin Grimes, you know, for, as much as I love him, you know, even in the postseason, like his his driving kick game really wasn't there. They were really scouting that his finishing had not developed to the point where it was a useful skill. Boy, uh, Boyan, at this point, like you run him off the line, he he can make a play, he can make a pass, he can get to the rim, he can obviously step into a, a mid ranger. Um, he can he's a he's got a great pump fake and re recalibrate and get that three pointer off. It's a really diverse um, offensive player, but I think what you're you're alluding to is like, all right, so how do you how do you function in terms of like your defense with him playing? And I think part of that is going to be the Ananobi piece of things. Is is like assuming Randall is not playing in this lineup construction, and you have Boyan and you have um, OG in, in your your uh, your three four, then you know your center, whoever that is. I think there's enough defensively. Uh, you know, so maybe that's you, this where you want heart in the game as your as your two, just sort of like really you know beef up what you could do defensively. But I don't think you necessarily have to hide him on defense. I just think you need to, you know, enough to cover up some of his deficiencies. But you know, at six eight, I think or six seven, six eight, whatever the the true number is, like he's big enough to where I don't think you can really expose him in a way that is gonna be like you know gonna just damage your defense to the point where you have to get him off the floor in the postseason. I think he holds up probably better than than most people think, but yeah, I think he's probably going to be more in like the the fifteen to twenty minute um, range in terms of minutes uh, in the playoffs. Now, there's probably going to be games where he's just shooting so well, it's going to go up to maybe he's going to be twenty five minutes, um, and it can maybe be ten if he's not shooting well and the defensive matchups are just like not working. Mm-hmm. So I think there's enough to where you can, it, you know, Tibbs has enough guys on this roster to where like. If a guy doesn't have it, like there's there's no like there's no thing where we only have eight legitimate NBA players in a rotation, and this is what I have. He's got ten, you know, arguably. So he's got ten guys that you can probably play and feel pretty good about um, playing in a postseason game. So to me, like that speaks to the fact that you can you can pick and choose, and if a guy's going, like ride him a little bit, and if he doesn't have it, then then and pull the plug unless you're like Brunson or, or uh, Randall, obviously, but. He's a good offensive player, and I think th- there's going to be playoff games where he's going to like in that that Houston game where the, the offense was there was just not a lot going on in the second half. Mm. He just he made three buckets in a row and got the got them right back in the game in the fourth quarter, and that's like the he's a legitimate like twenty point a game scorer on a really good efficiency, and that's a valuable piece you know from a wing big wing type player. I think it could be telling that he only played mid twenties minutes in that game when the Knicks were, were absolutely desperate for scoring in terms of how Tibbs views him. I'm I'm really interested to see this is another one of those like what ifs we don't really know, but if and when Mitchell Robinson comes back, like I mm-hmm. I put together a bunch of different lineups. I love the idea of those two being paired together and like Mitch getting to play with like legitimate four out spacing for literally the first time in his entire career and like how that could impact his rebounding. And we saw again, like you're counting, like you're putting a lot of pressure on a guy who's, who's been hurt the whole year, but we saw him like at the beginning of this year, like almost like single-handedly like prop up like a top five defense, like a defense that was like the best in the NBA, the first seven, eight mm-hmm. games of the season. Like, um, like two of the lineups I had, it's really just, it's just swapping out like DiVincenzo and, and Brunson. But like, as, as a bench unit, like I was wondering if you get some minutes of like DiVincenzo, Hart, Ananobi, Boyan and, and Mitch, and basically just say, are right, we throwing Boyan out there, but we're, we're having like two absolutely mm-hmm. elite defenders and OG and Mitch, a really good one in Josh Hart and a solid one in Dante DiVincenzo. And just yeah. like four, like three guys who can shoot the lights out. You can also do a version of that with like Brunson in place of Harden. It's like it's Brunson, DiVincenzo, OG, Boyan, and either Mitch or, or Hartenstein 
in there. Like I, I think there are groups that that you can play that can be really, really dominant. And it's just gonna be interesting to see like like maybe those those are lineups that you're more likely to get to like later in a series. Like if you cut out an Alec Burks and a Deuce McBride, you're going with an eight-man rotation and, and you're doing exactly what you suggested, DJ and Dante's like your nominal point guard of your second unit which like when the games really matter like I I think I would I would lean that direction unless Alec Burks has been really cooking for a whole series but like I'm I'm just I I think the team had like if there was some way they could have kept Grimes it would have been even more so but they have the personnel to insulate Bojan pretty well where I I think those lineups could flip games in the playoffs and maybe flip series yeah I think you're right and you 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 know it's like one of those things where it's the sl- uh, you don't know how this would have played out, but if if Ananobi, Randall, they don't get hurt, I think the team yeah. still needed someone else. But you just mm-hmm. wonder like what the trade would have been. Would it have been just an Alec Burke? And you and you, I don't know. It's like one of those things. I think that for the first time, at least in the in the trade deadline uh, situation, the the team might have been forced a little bit to to make a move that. I don't know that if they would have made it had the team been healthy. And I think there's some concern, obviously. From all the reporting, it seems like Ananobi's surgery was relatively minor for what a surgery can be, and that they expect him back within a few weeks. Randall, I think there's this situation where even if they clear him and he's ready to go, I think there's just going to be that situation where, like, all right, is it just going to go again? If he, you mm-hmm. know, there obviously that's the sort of injury unless it's surgically repaired, where it could just reseparate and then you're 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 back to square one. So I think this team needed to sort of firm up, you know, that both the the wing and the the forward, the big four position. So um but I think there, you know, as you as you said, there's I think the point is like there's enough guys on this roster to where you can shrink you can shrink your rotation down to seven, eight guys and feel good. You can go to 10 and feel pretty good. I think there's a with everyone healthy, um, you know, I, I hope Mitch comes back and, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I can't stop thinking about like, you know, what type of shape is he going to be in? You know, I'm, I'm worried, you know, he, a guy that has not struggled with that, but like conditioning is never has, doesn't come easy to him. And there's been some times where he's come in heavier after some injuries, uh, lower body injuries. So you wonder like, but can he get to 10, 15 minutes a night? I mean, if you get that and feel good about that and heart and science playing, you know, is 32 minutes you have a damn good rotation and in, in you're at your center uh, position and you're right about him propping up a, a great defense earlier in the year in terms of Robinson. I think there's a lot of like really good players in this team. And I think that's the thing I'm just, as we move forward and these guys start coming back, I just want to see like the fully realized version of this team for a stretch of games and really assess how good is this team? Is it like, are we like maybe an Eastern Conference final berth good? Are we like, be- is, that, is that better? Are we, you know, is there a chance that this team could be better than that? And so I think there, that's what I'm looking forward to to seeing. And um, you know, hopefully over the next like few weeks, we get some of these guys back and we can really see what the, this team has to offer. All righty, guys, next on Locked On Knicks, we're going to get into Julius Randle and how his ability to translate his play from the regular season to the postseason will ultimately define this team's success. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel and LinkedIn. Get buckets right now with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bet all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. The bet to make right now is on our guy Jalen Brunson um, for MVP plus 10,000. Do I think it's going to happen? 
No, not particularly. But what if the dude just goes on an absolute heater? What if there's some injuries? What if some guys don't hit the 65 game mark? Again, I don't think it's super likely, but he's been one of the best scorers in basketball over the 10 games leading to all-star break. If he continues that production and the Knicks ultimately get the two seed, uh, there's there's a small chance in the dark. If you if you want to take that crazy bet with me, visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and shoot your shot. FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Man, can I vouch for LinkedIn more than any other job site I've ever been a part of. I recently got the opportunity to travel to Eugene, Oregon uh, for UCLA, Oregon basketball game, work it for CBS. is all because of LinkedIn and, and me keeping up with past connections and people I haven't seen in years and letting them know what was up with my work. And hopefully on the hiring end of things, they found me to be a good employee. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. And we want to remind you that terms and conditions apply. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I think the fear there, and I think what you're, what you're getting at is like, there just a lot of stuff has to go right to see the perfect version of this. I mean, even Hardenstein with the Achilles, like, like the yeah. like Kim injuring that a second time is, is kind of like a, a, a blaring red siren. Um, And, and with Mitch, like, you can just never feel totally confident that he's going to be healthy throughout a series. Um, Randall, like if he does play, like, does he, like, I, I just thought athletically, this is, I mean, last year, like he, he, I think he doubled up the number of dunks he had from 2022 to 2023. And I thought this year, like hit just him as a battering Ram. Like this has been the best version mm -hmm. of that we've ever gotten. And like, like I, he seems like someone who like, maybe this is his best quality is totally fearless. And like, and like there are big guys who don't play like big guys and he freaking plays like a big guy, like mm -hmm. game in and game out. And and that's like when you talk about a version of this team that can win a championship and and, and you just see a team like Boston that it, it just feels like if, if that were the path, they'd inevitably have to go through them, like quite possibly would have to go through Milwaukee and Giannis, like the world where you're beating those teams is where Randall is just a force. And I think particularly in that Boston matchup, like a, a team that it, not like, obviously they can go to Porzingis and, and Horford and like Porzingis is, is turned into a great rim protector. Um, but there's a world where, where like those teams just don't have someone to cover him. And outside of Giannis with Milwaukee, like that's such a clear cut advantage for the Knicks in any single series where he is just a mismatch night in and night out. And we've never gotten that version of Randall in mm -hmm. the playoffs before, but it just feels like this team around him, like, and, and how much shooting they can potentially put around him. Like, like this is, this is the postseason for him to shine. And it, it would be a shame if he's not a hundred percent to do that. Yeah. And as someone who's, you know, probably defended him as much as anyone, you know, I just, I hope we get a healthy version of him because for all the reasons you said, I think this is, he's set up to to have a much better um postseason i thought last year you know it was like it was not good it was better than the atlanta ser series you know on the two uh, uh the cleveland thing was weird because i thought in game five he was just fantastic was and then awesome. hurt his ankle again so yeah 
So good. It was like a it was kind of a version of what he is this year, just going through the chest of Mobley every time he got a chance to do it and then hurt his ankle. And, you know, was he ever fully healthy in the Miami series? You know, but they're just a really hard matchup for any forward. I, I, you know, Bam is just a that good a defensive player. So and Randall just didn't play well, obviously didn't shoot the ball well. No excuses there. But as you as you mentioned, the shooting is better than it's ever been for him. I think he plays off that shooting in terms of a playmaker and then as a score in the paint phenomenally well. Um, now there is one guy that we haven't touched on, and I wonder if there if we're gonna hear from him in the postseason, and that's Precious Achua. And I just I wonder against some of these matchups, like if you project ahead, let's say Mitch is healthy. You know, do I love him against Boston in general? No, I don't. Like I just don't think it's a great matchup for him. Uh there's other like Miami, like I don't think is a phenomenal matchup for him. I wonder, and I'm not saying I would do this. I, I obviously mm-hmm. have, if Mitch is healthy, he's your he's your backup at worst. Like he's just that yeah. he's just that good an offensive rebounder. But if you, there are questions about him, I think Achua has shown enough to where I think there's a a decent enough player against some of these matchups where I'd feel okay with it. And to me, like that that is saying you know a lot because I just I, I thought like a lot of people that he was just more of like salary filler and just getting making the numbers work when they traded for him, but. The guy's playing 40 minutes plus every night, and obviously offensively, there's a lot to be desired as a scorer, passer, but his offensive rebounding just plays. It's just it's really good. And defensively, he's one of the more versatile defenders on on the roster right now. I think you wonder about him as a five because you know Benji had made this point um, to me, and it's a good one regarding like his offensive rebounding. Is it more him playing on at the four and sort of like running in, surprising people, and and doing it that way versus trying to do it against a center. It's a fair point. I wonder if it's still like his offensive rebounding is probably still a good skill to have. Uh, but I just, I think in some matchups, you know, I wonder if he's going to get a look in the postseason because, you know, he's got, you he could switch him. You can, you can play him higher at the level. There's a lot of things you could do with him defensively that has, has that might give Tibbs like another guy to maybe think about uh, as you're trying to round out your, your postseason roster. The hope is uh, obviously Mitch is back soon enough to where you can get like, 10 games in the regular season to where he's, he's maybe not peak shape, but he's close enough once to when you get to the postseason. at least, you know, conditioning wise and physically he's going to be there. Uh, but you don't, you don't know where that's going to be, but Achua has shown enough to where I think he's, I think we might hear from him in some big games this year. Yeah. I, the, the thing that's maybe, maybe outside of his offensive rebounding, but that stood out to me more than anything is just how quick his hands are. And like mm-hmm. you see it over and over again, like the first time I think was the Sixers game and he just picked Maxi's pocket. And I was like, I kind of rerounded. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, did that, that just happened? Was that a mistake? Did he dribble off his shoe? And like, you, you, you keep seeing it. And like, to me, like particularly against Boston, like that's, that's really intriguing. Like a team that can just attack you one through five, like to have a more flexible weapon. And again, especially like if you're not getting like the best version of Mitch and maybe the best version of Mitch can do a little bit of that, but, and, and mm-hmm. look, and like a is like, he's just too short to like really contest Porzingis, even, even with a good wingspan. So that that's an issue if you're trying to play yep. him at the five, but I mean, it, it's, it, it really like, this is, this is a whole different conversation, but it, it's, like the ceiling of this team, I think in some ways is, is how much faith do you have in Tom Thibodeau? Because it feels like, like a creative coach. Like if you just gave this roster, to Eric Spolster, like it could be deployed in such intriguing, like fascinating, like, like ever changing ways. And like, I wonder if Tibbs is, is up for that. If he has the stomach for that, like to like game to game series to series to like shift what this team is. 
because I think it's, I think it's all there. Like, like there's, mm. it's not, it's not like having all the puzzle pieces. It's like having the pieces to five different, very good puzzles, but like, yeah. is he willing to switch out the puzzles or does he find one he loves? And like, just like, that's the puzzle he wants to play with all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's him, right? It's like, I think he is a really good coach, like really yeah. good. I think underrated in terms of mm-hmm. like how he's, how he's talked about and mocked um, more than, than not in terms of national media. Yeah, he's not Spolstra. There's just there's he's obviously at a different stage or level. Uh, but he, I think, uh, if you had to rank coaches, I think he's in a he's easily an above average head coach. Now the problem, yeah. and this is, I think you're right about this. I think he has certain uh, tenants that he that are just important to him, and that he doesn't waver on. And then he also he that speaks to more of like him just knowing. Um, he doesn't like question marks. He doesn't like things not being set. He doesn't like going into a game and wondering if this is going to be the time he's going to go to this rotation versus, you know, the one he played the game before. Like, I think part of like his um, inflexibility is the fact that he just, he likes to know he's so well-prepared and that preparation really is, if you think about it, like conceptually, like if you're preparing and that is something you, you view as like an edge for you because of like how well you can do this and the preparation leading up to a game, it would behoove you to have, certain things that you can count on game in to game out that you can, you can control. And I think that probably speaks to why he is a little more inflexible than I think he should be, that you think he should be is that he just, his preparation is so strong that he, but I think that that maybe hamstrings his ability to sort of think outside the box a little bit, but um, you know, it's like, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, he is, he is who he is. And you know, how, he is the coach and it's like, you know, with Brunson, I think the same thing, like there's some, he's a great player, but there are limitations there, but it's, well, you, you, you sort of like deal with like the defensive limitations that he has and like some of the issues he has passing out of uh, a hard double because of his, his lack of height, but you just work with what you have and you sort of like analyze this team with like counters. to like those, those issues. Um, I think the Knicks can win with, with, Thibodeau, if all their players, like if they play well, they mm. play, play well enough. But if, if it's going to require adjustments and, and, and maybe going away from someone he trusts, you know, then you're going to run into some, some problems. And maybe that's, that's the, the limiting factor for him. All right, guys. Uh, all right, guys, we are going to wrap things up talking about the backup point guard position. Is it going to be Alec Burks? Is it going to be Juice McBride? How might those two be employed come playoff? All right, guys, to wrap things up, we are going to talk the backup point guard position, Alec Burks. Deuce McBride, how might those two be deployed when it matters most? But before we do that, I want to tell you about our good friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Yeah, and I, I don't know if they have quite the top tier talent to to do that without like near perfect maneuvering. But mm-hmm. uh, you know what? Some of the some of the lineup data with how good they've been with OG and Anobi says says otherwise. Um, let, let's finish up with with a couple of quick hitters. I think we we don't have to spend a ton of time on this because I, I think we've we've talked through it without actually talking through it. But 
everything I'm gathering for you tells me you're you're kind of on like whatever version of Mitchell Robinson we get. You, you think Isaiah Hardenstein should probably still be the starter, or, or am I off on that? I, no, I, I think you're right. I think off, you know, offensively, there's just he's not Mitch defensively, even though he's really good. I think Mitch mm-hmm. is a step above, but I think you get so much out of the offense. Uh, Randall is. It's one of the numbers I tracked all year. He just Randall performs so much better in almost every efficiency marker with Hartenstein on the court. Uh, he's not a spacer in the traditional sense, but he's a mover. Uh, so he's he's just does a good job of sort of allowing Randall to have those alleys. He's not stuck in the dunkers all the time, just waiting for that that dump off pass. Uh, so he, there's just too much of a gain on the offensive end, and um, it's the lineup data as you were uh, you suggested. It just it's too strong to to make that change. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, and and again, like I do, I, I do think the one really fun thing with having Mitch back is like is, and maybe it's just too late in the season for this to be like any kind of fixture, but with second units for ten minutes a game, the idea of of that guy like rolling downhill, like running spread pick and roll, and like what that could do to defenses again, if like the guy, if you have OG in one corner, Divincenzo in another, and like Bogey like spacing like out to the wing, or like Burke spacing out to the wing, like like I think I think there are chances to blow some games open with that. And I, I think there's an important role for Mitchell Robinson to play, but Isaiah Hartenstein, just, just too solid on, on both ends. And just, just, does, I mean, there's a reason Tibbs even last year was closing with Hartenstein, like at times against the mm-hmm. heat, like just doesn't take anything off the table and Mitch like super defined strengths, super defined weaknesses. Um, Point guard spot, backup point guard spot, uh, maybe 12 minutes a game in the regular season, like probably like less than that, maybe as little as like six or seven in, in the postseason, or maybe, to our previous point, like it's just Dante there. Like, how do you see that sorting itself out between Deuce Burks or, or maybe when it comes down to it, like neither of them playing? Yeah, I think it's likely going to be Burks. Uh, I think he's, I think there's enough trust. Obviously uh, we keep talking. I think that word's been kind of a theme in terms of like, obviously the coach has the players he trusts and, and Burks is clearly one of them uh, in terms of the postseason. you know, Brunson is going to play 40 minutes. And mo- more games than not. So you're, you know, as you, you you alluded to, so you were talking about you know just a handful of minutes there. I think you could see a scenario where Divincenzo is getting you know some some more of the playmaking uh, opportunities. Uh, but you know, Burks is, you know, I know we're all a little, you know, we still have that bad taste of uh, a couple of years ago where he was you know the point guard in the second half of the year when we were all clamoring uh, for quickly to be to take that role. Um, but he's good enough. Uh, score in terms of, um, you know, not a great passer, but he could score out of isolation. He could score out of the pick and roll. Um, but I think you could play off him and, and DiVincenzo and feel good about, you know, what you, you have there as, you know, your, your backup point guards, uh, to me, Deuce is more, uh, hasn't shown me enough in terms of his on the ball, uh, ability to, to feel comfortable, even in small. Um, I think for him, it's going to be more of like, all right, if you're, if there's five seconds left in a, in a half and you need one possession to sort of close it, you bring them in the game. And if there's injuries or foul trouble, maybe you see some time, you know, I think Deuce has grown a lot this year, especially as a shooter, but still not there as uh, a guy that I would feel comfortable with as a, as a point guard, um, even by name only. I just think he's, he's just, he's more of a wing right now. Maybe there's something he can grow into, but Brunson's going to play his 40. I think you can, I think Burks and DiVincenzo, I think there's enough there uh, to feel comfortable with whomever you're, you're deciding is going to take that mantle as like, you know, the op- where the offense is going through. I think both guys are, are pretty capable. Yeah. And, and you've seen in, in high 
pressure moments, like end of quarters, end of halves. Like it, it's been disastrous when Deuce has tried to initiate offense. And often you're, you're seeing like Julius Randle get the ball with like two, three seconds left on the clock and be like, all right, yeah. what the, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that, that's, that's probably why he's not going to be out there with Burks. Like I, I just need to, like, it's, it's funny because I just, I don't remember him being like an exceptionally selfish player. And maybe, maybe it's rose colored glasses looking back, but just, he, he's just been very ball hoggy so far. And I think, I, I think it can work. Like if he is like, like I, I, like he definitely has the basketball IQ to be a smart passer and, and maybe just been like that. He's been cooking to such a high extent from three and playing on like one of the worst teams in NBA history this year. But I'm, I'm hoping like over the course of the season that reduces and he's like a willing ball mover. It was to your point. Like there could be like a really beautiful, like, like kind of like side to side, like two man game between him and Dante that that kind of tortures um, opposing benches. All right. Uh, let's, let's end on this. Um, any any lineups you want to see that that I I haven't mentioned yet um, that that you would find intriguing? I know I you know I think we hit on most of them. Uh, I would I would probably have as little Josh Hart at the two as yeah. you could get away with it. I think that he, I, I even though lineup data suggests he's a really strong player regardless of where he's playing, I think you want him. Um, you know more at the the three four even. Uh, but you know I just I want to see. In, in terms of the fully realized uh, roster, you know, I do want to see like where, what the, you know, we've talked about OG and, and Boyan. I think they, there's a lot to like in terms of what they could do. Um, I think there's both those guys are really good shooters. Their size there. I think there's a lot, you can do a lot with this, with this lineup. It's, I think what, what Tibbs is going to have to figure out is like, do you get these guys healthy enough to where you feel good about whatever your playoff rotation is going to be? Do you have, seven, eight games to where you can really know. And I imagine the last, you know, 10 games are going to be really important in terms of seeding. So you're going to get some high pressure games, some games that are, that are going to matter. And do you have a healthy team to sort of like really figure out like what is the optimal uh, playoff rotation? Um, but I think we've hit on all the the ones that I would personally would like to see. To me, the, the key is just going to be, you know, health obviously. And then will the coach have enough time to really feel comfortable to where you get to the postseason, you're you're you feel good about your eight or nine guys, and you're going to go to war with those. Um, I think that's a that's a big question. I think the the hope is you 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 get a you know I think five games is probably like the bare minimum, but if you can get six or seven, I think you feel good about you know at least the sample size. Yeah, those, those last eleven games, they they have the the big West Coast swing where they get Portland, Sacramento, Golden State, Denver. Those are gonna that's gonna be a tough stretch, and yeah. then you finish, and and this is like this is March twenty third, so you. Like if everything goes right, you have your full team by then. You get the Nets, the Pistons, the Raptors, the Spurs. Like to me, that's that's kind of what I'm locking in on and saying like that is a golden opportunity to like mm-hmm. test as much as humanly possible. Like put out weird lineups and and again, it's just a question of like if Tom Thibodeau recognizes that and and like and maybe like to to your point, like he's a great coach. Like maybe maybe correctly he says like or it's like a little bit too late at this point to to mess around. Like I'm going with the guys I know. And like people like like Bogey is is seasoning, like Burks is seasoning. Um, Mitchell Robinson at this point is is seasoning on on a dish that's already done, but you do have that four game window, and then and then the finish is a little tougher. It's Thunder, Heat, Kings, Bulls, Bucks, Bulls. Those two Bulls games could also be key. And then you're hoping Celtics have everything locked up by that last April 11th game. Yeah. They play a sham of a lineup. Maybe that's the game you clinch. A two or three seed. Um, but the point is, uh, championship ceiling. Wow, DJ Zula throwing out some heaters. Um, <laughs> a lot of reasons to be optimistic. And um, for anyone who who follows this team who doesn't already, uh, DJ, one of the 
absolute best people to follow. Um, if, if you want to learn more about them again, Thank that's you. at DJ Ace MBA and, and DJ, can you let everyone know um, one final time where they can find all your work on, on Nick's film school? Yeah. Just uh, follow me on Twitter or X and you can, you get all, all my stuff there. Yeah. Uh, me, uh, me, Benji, uh, uh, we have others that, that help us out, but we put a game thread out every, after every game. So we, one of us will take the game and really go back, rewatch it and, uh, give you guys 20, 25 clips of, you know, things that we thought were important. So that's, you'll see that on Nick's film school. And then Benji and I will have, you know, bi-weekly X's and O shows that we'll try to get out there that you can watch, um, on the YouTube channel. Uh, so and follow us over there at Nick's film school, or we, on all your podcast feeds, Spotify, Apple, Google, all those, uh, all those fun things, but yeah, just doing, uh, really excited excited about where this team can go and hopefully uh we can all get some answers of wh what what this team really uh can be in terms of their ceiling over the next uh few weeks but yeah thank you gavin again for uh giving me the time to come on and uh, always enjoy doing it yeah absolutely buddy i, I lo love listening to those off day pods like I'll, I'll take a long walk cue it in and mm -hmm. i feel I, I feel like a smarter fan and i feel like i'm i'm, I'm doing my job justice because i'm learning uh, thank you. more more about the team than I, I i can learn just watching the games um but until next time he's dj i'm gavin we'll talk to you very very soon on locked on next